Hello and you're very welcome to the Jameson Graduate Programme podcast, a six-episode series looking at the different parts of the Jameson Graduate Programme each week. This is aimed to educate potential applicants of the programme as well as showcase the true nature of serious character from past and present brand ambassadors hosted by me, Podge Henry. Joining me on the very first episode of the Jameson Graduate Programme podcast is Kevin O'Neill, the brand ambassador out of Stockholm, Sweden. Kevin will be talking to us today all about the role of a brand ambassador. Kev, how are you? I'm good. Great to be here. Great, great to have you. How are you feeling? You're the very first guest on the Jameson Graduate Programme podcast. Ah, sure. I, I couldn't sleep last night, and uh, I, I, I'm absolutely honoured to be here. It's like great, the, great, great, uh, great opportunity for me. Cheers. This is like the toy show for us, isn't it? Just like pure excitement. Oh, it really is now. <laughs> Kev, uh, man. do you want to give a bit of background about yourself? Um, I suppose before talking about your Jameson journey, maybe before you joined the graduate programme back in 2017, you, you graduated from UCD, am I right? Yeah, I studied law and minored in philosophy uh, in UCD for four years. So obviously started back that, that back in uh, 2013, uh, graduated in 2017 and kind of veered off the, the law path uh, and started this this career in international uh, marketing and sales in the Jameson Graduate Programme. So uh, probably not the most traditional route for someone studying law, but that, that's one of the great things at the programme that normally, you know, no matter what your background is, be it engineering or science or maybe it is uh, business as well, like, you know, anyone could really apply and be successful in their application for this program, you know? And what kind of, okay, so what sort of geared you, what what made you apply for the Jameson graduate program? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I was delighted to study law, but I kind of, maybe after my third year, I kind of started realizing that this probably isn't, like the, the traditional law route probably isn't necessarily for me. Uh, and then obviously the, the Jameson graduate program have a fantastic uh, social media presence. So I kind of just was seeing ads on my phone uh, be it Instagram or Facebook and I just thought geez this this looks like something I could really go for and something that I could potentially really enjoy and um, so I kind of would have spent the latter half of my third year like gearing up for it uh, and then went absolutely ham in my final year to make it you know make it happen uh, at that point I didn't have my driving license so I spent like a good three or four months learning how to drive again wrecking my outlad's head uh, but all all worth it in the end uh, I got my test and you know did my assessment centers and it all worked out in the end thankfully and then, so you joined the graduate program in 2017. Uh, what, what, what was the, your first role was the marketing assistant, the graduate program, which is, is my current role at the moment myself. And then you jetted off to Jakarta, am I right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, in my first year, I would, I would have done, I guess, what you were doing now four years ago, probably not as good, but, uh, you know, try my best anyway. Listen, um, <laughs> hard beat, hard beat. <laughs> I honestly, bar is very high these days. But no, I would have done that four years ago. I had an amazing experience working in the um, Jefferson head office in Ballsbridge and um, working on the graduate program team. At that point, as I said, I studied law before, so I never really had that access to, to international marketing. And I suppose I kind of, for me, it was a great opportunity to, to really get that base level of knowledge of, how marketing works, especially on a global level, uh, the nuances and the differences between many different markets. And uh, it just gave me a really good footing for when I did go out to market then as an international brand ambassador in my second year to Indonesia. I felt, you know, very capable and uh, uh, very confident going out there. Uh, and then, of course, going to Indonesia was just a, a completely different experience. I was the first ever brand ambassador out there. So there was a lot of firsts. You know, I was the first international uh, person in that office too. So I was new for them. 
Um, you know, probably, probably the first man from Kildare there as well. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a big poster inside saying that first ever. Uh, I'm actually still waiting for the still waiting for the Guinness Book uh, World Record to back on. Just you with like a flag as it arrived in Jakarta, you know, it's just yeah. like with the and Kildare like flag. Neighbors were nowhere beside it as well. Like you know, it's up there at the same same level of achievements. And what was it like when you were first year over there? Because before you, of course, moved to Sweden, where you're based out of now. But what was, you know, the, the kind of culture shock? How did you feel when you arrived in Jakarta? What was the experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's no point kind of sugarcoating it. it probably, you know, it was definitely more of a culture shock than I anticipated it to be. Um, but in a good way, because I kind of wanted to challenge myself and I wanted to get outside my comfort zone. Um, and I was given this amazing opportunity to work in Southeast Asia. Like I, I, I'd never been to Asia before. No one in my family had ever been to Asia before. So uh, just moving there, you know, you hear stories, but it's very much from a point of people traveling around. But to go into like a working culture in Southeast Asia was a, was a definitely a first for me. Um, but it's things you kind of just take on your stride. Like we have great support from the graduate program team in Dublin. Uh, we have our market leads who focus specifically on regions um, who probably have more experience than us in that sense. So, so relying on them and, and of course our fellow brand ambassadors, uh, you know, we really look after each other and help, help, help each other through the, the tough periods as well. So huge culture shock, but to be honest with you, it was exactly what I wanted. So there was, was it, there was no major complaints, you know. Was it was it tough to settle down? Like was it tough to settle in when you arrived? Because as you mentioned, it's, it's a completely different, different like country, a completely different part of the world. And when you arrived, was it, was yeah. it, was it a tough to settle down? Did you find it easy? Yeah, I mean, it was like I think I, I probably put myself under uh, under a lot of pressure to like make it work straight away, and it's it's just not like that. I mean, I could have moved to Tullamore tomorrow, and it, you know, it's not like you you become a local straight away. Like it takes a bit of time. Ah, uh, Tullamore is completely um, different. Stay away from that. I mean, stay, away from, <laughs> stay away from that place. You can move to Clara, but stay away from Tullamore. <laughs> I get that, get that right enough. But uh, no, it, look, it, it was one of those things that there's an Irish community there. And, and when I got out there first, I reached out to them. I started playing a little bit of football there as well. A little bit of soccer. Um, the local team there in Indonesia were just absolutely fantastic. I mean, as I said, I was the first international person going there. So they, they had no real experience of how I would get on. But, you know, between getting me a phone, getting me a phone number, getting me a bank account, uh, they really went above and beyond to, to make me feel very welcome, mm. um, and then by, by the mm. end of the year when I was leaving, I was I was pretty upset, like because you you know you really get used to this way of living, um, and, and for all the difficulties you have in moving to Southeast Asia, it's 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 really exciting. Like, there's always stuff happening there. It's hectic. It's busy. There are huge cities, so. Um, there was a lot of lot of really positive memories to my time there, you know. And then you mentioned there when you were leaving, so so you did leave, and then you you know, moved over to Stockholm, Sweden, where, where you are currently based as a brand ambassador. What, what, what was that like? For, certainly in terms of moving to two completely different countries, what was it like? Yeah, hugely different um, between the two countries. There's, to be honest with you, there's very little um, commonalities. Obviously, the weather is the first thing. Like, you go to the Nordics and you're wearing three layers in the winter, whereas I don't think I ever wore a jumper in Indonesia <laughs> for my whole time there. So even stuff like that. And, like, the food, I remember... Um, the first time I met my manager in Indonesia, uh, like, I, I can't eat spicy food. Like, I never could. Like, that was just never a thing. I, I mentioned before that I was the first international person there. So he brought me out anyway for this dinner. Like, really nice restaurant. Like, really, like, authentic Indonesian restaurant. And there was this, like, stir-fry thing he brought out. And I was like, you know, I've had stir-fry before. I probably made it in college a few times. Standard enough. Uh, and it was little, like, green, like, what I thought was vegetables. But they were just, like extremely hot chilies 
just me and him catching up, like I'm like, yeah, this is my big plan for the year. And he's telling me about his background. It's all going well. And the next thing then, like face starts like going bright red, tears streaming down, like my nose starts running. And he was like, I don't know if this fella's crying or he's going to like combust in a second. Uh, he must be just, really excited to be in Indonesia. Like, yeah, really, really excited or he's homesick maybe. He's like bawling his eyes there in front of me. But I was like, man, I, like, this, I just, I can't eat spicy food. So, you know, stuff like that was very much an Indonesian experience. Uh, so it was probably easier to adapt to the food and, and the culture and stuff in Sweden. But kind of coming from Indonesia, where you get so used to that, to go to Sweden, like it's it's a different kettle of fish completely, you know. And you've been in Sweden so for for two years now. You're in your second year in Sweden, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. So I would have came there in August 2019, and um, so I had a, a week at home first in between. You know, let you went, picked up my jacket, and then went to Sweden essentially, uh, which was great. Um, but just going back to the differences between the roles, I guess, uh, when I went to, to Indonesia, I was given the opportunity to, be, opportunity to be the first ever brand ambassador there, which is, which is really, really amazing for me, you know? Hmm. Um, you're the one kind of form of the role. You're, 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 you're trying to make sense of the situation and for, for Jemison in this local market and seeing, you know, what kind of consumers we can work with, et cetera. So really great experience. But when I went to, to Sweden then, um, I think I was like the 10th brand ambassador for Jemison there. So... The role was very much formed. There was very much an expectation of what the Jemison brand ambassador does. So it was easier in one sense, but kind of more difficult in a different way because, first of all, it's there's not as much wriggle room, I guess, for you to kind of do what you want to do with the role. Um, but then, of course, it's easier because the local market know kind of what to do with you, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> But I mean, you, you, you always want these challenges, Pudge, no matter where you're going. And you mentioned there about the role, and I suppose that is, you know, our topic of discussion today between myself and yourself is the role of a brand ambassador. So, yeah. so do you want to like briefly, well, not briefly, in detail, give, give us, you know, what is the okay, role of, of a James in detail? That's that's the purpose of the podcast. That's why we've all this time, Kev. Um, well, you're not getting another word in there for 20 minutes, so you may as well put yourself from. I'll take a deep right, breath in, yeah. <laughs> and let me just get a bit of food. I'll sit down and you can just go, on, go yeah. in. Just keep this recording, I'll fire on. <laughs> I'll leave for a couple of minutes, come back. Sound, sound. So what, what, is, what, what is the role of a Jameson brand ambassador? Uh, it's look, it's very, very multifaceted, uh, and depending on where you're based, you'll have different focuses. I guess that there's six key pillars that we like to talk about when we talk about the Jameson brand ambassador role. Um, the first thing will be brand education, and this is very much your bread and butter uh, as a brand ambassador. And I guess it's kind of what people expect uh, of, a, of a whiskey ambassador. You know, you're trying to spread knowledge, awareness, key selling points about your brands to, to consumers or whiskey societies or bartenders, whoever you're chatting about. Um, so that's kind of the bread and butter. And, and I think most brand ambassadors definitely have experience of doing that. When I was in Indonesia, I would have done like lots of, of whiskey uh, tastings and whiskey educations um, because I was the first ever person there. So you're really just trying to get the brand out there, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, and in that sense, I would have done what's called um, comparative tasting. So I would have done like, Irish whiskey versus Scotch versus bourbon. Uh, and you're really trying to just explain, you know, the key selling points behind Jemison and its production process and its really rich heritage as well. Um, but then versus when I went to Sweden, then I'd probably do less tastings now. Um, but the tastings I do would be kind of more portfolio tastings. So people are aware of Jemison and they're aware of Irish whiskey. Um, so I might talk about Jemison Original, and then I'll talk about Jemison Black Barrel. Uh, and I might even talk about Redbreast, which is actually part of our, our whiskey portfolio too. Um, and not many people know that. So you kind of talk of the nuances between each whiskey. Did um, you know much? And it would be a big thing with bartenders, especially in my new role now. Did you know much about whiskey before your role as a brand ambassador, before joining the program? 
it's it's a little bit embarrassing, but like I always liked it, but I I genuinely nah like bang average kind of level of knowledge. Uh, it thankfully it's increased a good bit since, but uh, it, it would certainly want to. <laughs> it would want to, yeah. Thankfully it has, yeah. Jesus, like I probably couldn't get that be recorded saying that anyway, but uh, no, it has definitely gotten better. And like not just whiskey, like like through the job you learn about you know tequila and agave and gin and vodka and, and like a whole array of spirits too which is great you know yeah like we're taught we're taught um a training and development like how to do these tastings so i think for people who are listening you know that's one of the kind of misconceptions is you need to have a, a great vast knowledge of whiskey but you don't you know you're mm. taught everything you need to know um but yeah what what, what else are the other, other pillars so then brand activation would be the second pillar Um, this is for me the most kind of exciting part of the role it's essentially going to bring in the brand to life uh uh, like bring bringing gems into life and trying to make it resonate directly with our, with our target consumer, um, and and for that, like I mean, I I love the event side of things. I love organizing events. I love the the kind of conceptualizing events uh, from the start and kind of seeing the truth of the whole process and then really bring it to life and kind of really bringing your ideas to life in that sense. And that's one of the great things at the role too is that it gives you the opportunity to to really do that. Um, for me, thinking back to my favorite activations I've done, um. When I was in Indonesia in Jakarta, I did the first ever Jemison like St. Patrick's Day uh, event there, which was unreal. It was like it, it, we actually did it over four days, and we did it in our um, flagship bar, kind of our flagship Jemison on-brand account in Jakarta called Duck Down. I was just um, gonna say, is, it, is this the, the famous Duck Down bar? It's the famous Duck Down. Yeah, yeah I, I think they might have a statue of me there now. Or it's, <laughs> that's definitely in my dreams. I don't think that actually happened yet. Not yet, anyway. Um, but you know, like we we had like karaoke, there was uh, like live bands, there was DJs, we had like Jamison, J Jamison Digital Lime on offer all weekend. Um, so it was a really cool way of kind of bringing something that's so uniquely Irish, which is St. Patrick's Day, and kind of integrating it into the local Indonesian culture. And um, I mean, everyone had a great time as well. So, uh, that's that's probably one of my favorite things of brand activation. And I guess in that sense, it's important to point out that. Like the purpose of brand activation is not only to drive volume and drive sales, it's also to really kind of strengthen the brand advocacy and the emotional connection with consumers too. So it's kind of a, it's a double faceted thing in that sense, you know. Any, and any like any cool events that you would have done in, in Sweden? Because recently, like and last year as well, you because November is huge in Sweden, isn't it? Yeah, so, so it you, is. You yeah. worked. Like, with, get, getting bigger anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unlike my mustache that I can't seem to grow. <laughs> It's hardly still there, is it? No, no. Although you wouldn't notice, to be fair. <laughs> you wouldn't even Either notice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, talk to us about your activation, certainly, because that's the most recent one that I can think of that, that you would have done in yeah. Sweden was, was November, wasn't it? So this year from November, unfortunately, we couldn't do any major live activations just due to the ongoing um, COVID situation. So we had to turn a lot of our activations to digital, um, which, which was a great opportunity for us to kind of do that for the first time. Um, and obviously everybody's doing it now too, so it's important to have that digital aspect. But... Uh, this was actually our second November campaign. So the first one we did last year um, in 2019, um, you know, we would have done like events in bars. I would have done a lot, a lot of tastings. Um, uh, and then we work with some barbershops too. You know, as Gems as a brand, we've worked with barbershops for years. So uh, it's a really cool place for us to be. And then we, we obviously work out like a, a donation mechanic for November too. So mm. let's say someone gets, you know, you get free beer trims all day. Uh, and you might just donate to Movember in that and then we'll serve you at Jemison in July while you're having a beer trim, that kind of thing. So uh, it's also a good point there that 
events like brand innovations, they don't always have to be these big massive festivals that, that cost so much money. Um, kind of using a bit of common sense and making making connections, you can do quite low cost events that are also really cool too, you know. And that's kind of the purpose. And that's one of the things that you know. It's not just these. It's about building advocacy in the brand in your market. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can do that through so many different ways. It doesn't have to be these massive, large-scale events. Which exactly, you know, and, and you know, we look at you know, Thomas and Casey who, who are over in in Thailand, and they they oh, have God. run a massive event before. But it's not always the case too. And that's one of the great things yeah. about it, as you mentioned, is every country is very different in the nuances of what you're doing. Definitely, but even like touching on on Thomas and Casey there as well. I mean, I follow them on Instagram, obviously, and they always seem to be doing some really, really cool stuff. And I'd say. You know, for every large event they do, they probably do t- t- like 10 small events in the build-up to that as well. Mm. Um, and by doing that, you really integrate yourself with whatever like tribe or community or influencer group you're trying to get into, you know? So, Gev, actually, speaking of events as well, because you're, you're, you're big into your music and, and you're big into it, like you play music and you sing, uh, and you've, you've incorporated that into your events as a brand ambassador, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've done it a few times in the past now. It's not at every event I do because they probably kick me out at that point. But uh, no, it's, it's it's one of the great things about the role that um, there are opportunities for you to mix your passions in with the job too. And obviously music and Jemison kind of go hand in hand in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, but I would say it's 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 one of the defining points of, of the whole serious character thing that we're looking for with Brand Ambassadors is kind of getting outside your comfort zone uh, and doing that in a nice kind of like fun way that, that engages whatever guest is attending, like be that bartenders or be that just consumers. Uh, and, and music is definitely a vehicle I've used to, to bring, bring activations to life in the past. You and know? you've mentioned, like you, I remember looking at your application process, like you mentioned that in your video, like showcasing your personality. And then pe- as people know now, because it's just part of the role, like your personality yeah. has to come true and, and shine through. You definitely, were, yeah. You were yeah. talking there. I mean, as, I mean don't go on. Well, I, I was just going to talk about the, the application video there for a second. Um, I guess that the big thing, I mean, even when I was doing uh, your role, Podge, was the, the misconception that the, the video application has to be this like blockbuster Hollywood movie. And it, like, of course, you can do that and it's great and it makes a great viewing, but I really wouldn't let that stop you. Like, if you have a good smartphone, and most smartphones these days are unbelievable and they're more than capable of making application videos. Um, just use that. But as you said there, getting your app, get, get, getting your, your personality across. Um, be that showing your be that showing your, your passions like you know maybe you're into rugby maybe you're acting maybe you're into sculpting or maybe you're into playing music or whatever it is mm. but getting your personality across in an authentic way is, is the main thing to look for there you know as we say showcase that serious character that you have you were talking um, as well about 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 your November activation and a lot of it was kind of digital this year and that you know do you want to like talk about the pillar of digital that that a brand ambassador has has. So about digital then would be another huge aspect um, of the Jameson brand ambassador role and something I've seen definitely increase in importance um, of the last number of years. And obviously with COVID, I think kind of everything's gone digital these days, such as this podcast, uh, which is a great idea. Um, but with regards to my um, November uh, campaign, obviously we had a lot of actual like live physical events planned, um, which due to COVID had to, we had to either cancel or postpone, unfortunately. Um, but we, we were quite quickly turned all our activations online and, and made sure that people knew we were still quite active, uh, particularly with the entrees. And when I say entrees, I mean like bars and restaurants and hotels or, or whatever. Mm. Um, so one example of something we did was we sent out like lots of like really nice, like November specific Jemison POS. So like light signs, like, you know, those like LED light signs, like outdoor signs they could hang on the door, like menus and 
whatever it was. Uh, and then we had a competition with all the on-trade accounts um, in Sweden. I think there was like 58 in the end or something like that. Uh, and the ones that we felt kind of were the most creative in their social media posting. Um, we actually, we get them out prizes uh, afterwards. So it was just a cool thing. It was quite low cost, but quite effective as well. And um, hopefully a lot of consumers then were, were, were very aware of all our um, kind of large scale November activations then, you know. And then even in terms of digital, like like for people who are listening, like you notice on, on the Jameson Global pages on our social media, like a lot of that content comes through from the brand ambassadors. And that's something that, you know, you'd be doing as well, like looking for those, you know, unique Jameson moments that aren't necessarily yeah. these incredibly you know, amazingly taken photos, even though sometimes they can be because we do have some incredible content creators on the yeah. program, but often it's I'm just... definitely not one of them now, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but we like, you know, it's, and a lot of the photos that it's just these unique moments that you wouldn't get if they were set up in a studio. And, yeah. you know, that's that's one of the roles of Brand Ambassador, isn't it? To just be on the lookout for, for anything that just might be fun, that would might be... A hundred percent. And I, I think, as you said there, it's 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 not staged. It's very authentic photos from like real events or... or um even just at home, like you have your butter Jemison and, and, and you have your ginger lime ingredients and even just making that and, and having that on your balcony, it's, it's very authentic content. Um, and some amazing stuff I've seen over the years have been sent in by brand ambassadors. I think another really cool thing about that is that there's just such such a wide network of brand ambassadors that, you know, one day we'll see photos coming in from Norway um, in the lovely like snowy mountain tops. And the next thing then it'll be some beach in South Africa uh, and it's the same family of brand ambassadors sending this content in, um, but it's really authentic and it's just really diverse and really different too, you know? So we mentioned there, so we have the brand activization, brand education, digital. What else do we have on the pillars? Uh, share of mind is one that's kind of, I think, not really people, people wouldn't really anticipating as be, anticipated as being so important for the BA role, but it's actually massive. Um, just to give a, a bit of context around this one, like when you're a Jemison brand ambassador and you're sent out to market, um, Jemison is actually owned by a company called Pernod Ricard, which is one of the biggest um, wine and spirits uh, distributors and sellers in the world. Uh, so you have massive brands such as like Absolute Vodka, Havana Club Rome, Beef Eater Gin, all these amazing, really cool brands uh, in their own different spirits categories. Uh, and then Jemison's right up there too. But as a brand ambassador, you're sent out to these markets um, and it's up to you to kind of keep Jemison top of mind with the local office, be that your marketing team, be that the the higher management or be that the sales team and just keeping Jemison top of mind and keeping it relevant um, and just getting them excited about the activations and campaigns you're doing, you know? Yeah, which, which you know, once you're passionate about them, should should be easy to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but it usually is. And obviously Jemison is such a great brand too that, you know, the, the people are always so excited to have a Jemison brand ambassador in the office too because, we, like we do lots of stuff. We will get involved with the Christmas parties, and mm. we'll get involved with organising different initiatives throughout the year, like internally too. And I, I, I've done a good few things with that uh, over the last four years as well, which has been great. And what's really cool as well is because we're part of such a, you know, a massive portfolio and such a, a global brand, such a global company in Imperna Ricard. Like you're exposed to other brands, and and sometimes you can work Definitely. alongside them, and you get to see so many different parts of the industry, which is really, really, really great, especially for kickstarting your career in marketing. For sure, hundred percent. I mean, as as you said there, like the likes of Absolute Vodka, it's it's an industry leader uh, over in Sweden. So being so close to the, the brand team there has been an amazing experience for me. And you get chatting to people at lunch, or or maybe you might meet them for a drink after work, or or like go for like an exercise exercise class together. And um, there's so many learnings to actually learn within the office itself. 
um, and you can share that amongst brand ambassadors or else maybe it's higher management and we're always very willing to, to kind of like give you a hand and, and give you a leg up and um, in terms of starting your marketing career you know so we've left now there's two more pillars that, that we have to, to talk about do you want to talk to us about influencer marketing yeah, hundred percent. Like influencer marketing, it's a really cool aspect of the role, I would say, um, and something that really differs depending on what market you're based in. Uh, I know I've been saying that a few times in this podcast now, but that this is like, you know, depending on what market you're going to be based in, you're going to be working with either barbers, you could be working with like artists, musicians, mm. bartenders, um, guys who, who who like design shoes, like baristas, whatever it is, um, and it's it's really cool in that sense because you get to meet influencers of course but people who are like so passionate about what they do um, and, and and people that you know had you not been a gems or brand ambassador you probably would never come across uh, come across them which is you know really really fun in that sense as well um for me in sweden we work work really closely with the bartender community um and you meet some amazing characters and, and some amazing people like uh, within that uh, a big thing i would have done talking about november again uh, this year, I actually produced a, a, a November charity calendar with 12 cocktail bars all over Sweden. Um, and it's it's one of those things that I think in 2020, like there's been so many things thrown up in the air and so many curveballs that people are really behind like charity initiatives as well. So it was very close to my heart to kind of get involved in this in terms of November, um, but also a really fun, positive thing to do. Uh, like we had so much crack making the calendar um, and the feedback in terms of the bar community in Sweden has been really, really positive since. So. Um, just yeah, just uh, a lot of amazing memories working with the influencer marketing um, on the country program. And you're not really you're not necessarily working with influencers in terms, although sometimes you might be in terms of like you know Instagram massive following, as you mentioned there. It's people who are influential for the brand out, out in the market, yes. and that and that varies exactly, from, yeah. from market to market. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they are just everyday people. Like they're super approachable, and as I said depending on where you're going to be based. Like I know um, the guys in Thailand work like very close with, with, with the barbershop community too. Um, and some of these guys might be like industry kings, but they're not like 7 million Instagram followers mm. famous. But that, that's not them being an influencer because within that local community, like they have a lot of sway and, and, and um, they're usually really, really great to work with too um, for brands like Jameson, you know? So okay, we've one last pillar to, to talk about before we come to the end of the podcast, which which is insights. So do you want to give us what what, what insights is to you as a brand ambassador? Definitely. I mean, I I think insights it's something that we've always we've always had an opportunity to do uh, mm. as brand ambassadors, and I've seen uh, kind of like digitalizing it become more and more important over the years. And uh, but if you can imagine, Podge, there's there's over sixty brand ambassadors based all around the world working with Jemison. Uh, so it's a massive network. Um, to feed back in to, to the brand owner, that like to the Jemison brand itself, um, and be that consumer trends, be that competitor activity, be that, you know, the the, the latest drink trend coming through or whatever it is. Uh, we're usually the ones closest on the ground to seeing that happening, uh, and, and ways that we feed that back might be like monthly reports that we do. And um, I know when I was doing your role a couple of years ago. Uh, I was actually working on like a, a brand ambassador insights report that we collated like based off feedback from brand ambassadors all over the world uh, and then shared with the international marketing team and um, just just to see if they found out interesting to work on too or, fr or from that report. Uh, so it's something that I've seen become more and more uh, important over the years um, and, and just a massive resource for, for the Jameson brand. So as I say, like, you know, you're, you know your market best, you're the eyes and ears for the brand out in the market that you're based out of. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, as brand ambassadors, like a lot of us are quite field-based and uh, obviously it depends which market you're in. I know when I was in Indonesia, I was probably 70% field-based, 30% in the office. I think now in Sweden, I'm, I'm kind of half and half, 50% each uh, between the office and the field. Um, but in saying that, like we are, we are out on the field quite a bit, be that visiting non-trade accounts, be that visiting agencies, uh, meeting with influencers, whatever it is. So, you know, we're, we're quite close to the ground and we're quite close to just the pulse of what's happening in, in terms of trends, like upcoming trends coming too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a huge resource to feed back into the, the, the master brand of films. Okay, that is the six key pillars of, of a brand ambassador role and you've really gone into detail there. Thank you very much. Of course. Before we wrap it up, I want to ask you, do you have a highlight of your time in the program so far? And um, meeting me can't be it, so like a second highlight. I mean, otherwise it would just be six of the same highlights <laughs> over again throughout this series. Uh, highlights. So, ah, look, so cliche, so many. Um, <laughs> but I would say, right, a huge highlight for me was when I was in Indonesia. Obviously, I was based in Jakarta. Yeah. Um, but Bali was kind of on my doorstep. Like, Bali was like me going out to Cork for a weekend. So I went down like there. Me go, like, me go to Leash. That's a bad thing to me. Huge. Port Leash, <laughs> loveliest time of year. Um, but Bali, it was on my doorstep, like, so it, it would be like an hour flight. Um, and I got to go down there loads during the year. Um, but a big thing we did was um, in May, like, like, like uh, Ramadan is, is quite a big thing in Indonesia. It's probably a Muslim country. Um, so the whole country locks down for Ramadan, like they obviously observe their, their religious uh, practices. Uh, but in Bali, it's actually Hindu mainly. Um, so it's still quite open during Ramadan. Um, so I got to go there and work for three weeks, like doing like loads of brand educations, um, a few uh, activations in terms of cocktail bar takeovers too, which was a, a first for me as well. Uh, but just to, to, to get that experience to, to live essentially uh, in one of the tourist like capitals or tourist main tourist attractions in the, in, in the world really uh, and surf and, and rent a moped and you know it was just class it was really really cool and I was like thinking like I can't believe this is like I'm doing this for my job it was, it was something I didn't expect it going out to Indonesia and it was mm. definitely a huge highlight of me right there well, I'll tell you that is, that, is a, that is a really cool highlight to be fair to you Kev thank you very much for being the first ever guest on the Jameson Graduate Programme podcast it was an absolute pleasure talking to you and on the next episode we'll be joined by the Bulgarian brand ambassador Emma Walsh who'll be talking all about what serious character is from all of us here in the Jameson Graduate Programme and Collaborative Studios thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you next episode